I'm going to talk to you about the process of knowing God's will. Process of knowing God's will. This is just an area of study that must be plowed fairly regularly. I think 10 years ago I, I did this study here at the Gospel. It's a long time, 10 years. But how to know the will of God. It's important that you and I know how to find out what God's will is. It's been said that 95% of what God wants you to know, He's written in the Bible. 5% is what we're talking about, I suppose. But what's amazing to me, even though God clearly has placed in the Bible most of His will for you and for me, people remain ignorant oftentimes, willfully ignorant sometimes, of the Bible which would, if they knew the Bible, they would know the answer of what God's will is. They would know. A woman will come to me and she says, I've fallen in love with this wonderful man. He's a fabulous guy. Walks on water. And I'll say, well, is he Christian? Well, no, but... No, but what? What's the will of God? I can tell you the will of God. I don't, know, I don't need to meet the guy. I don't need to know any more about it. I can tell you. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Do not marry that man unless he gets saved. When I was dating my wife, I was in a horribly backslidden condition. I was saved. I was a horribly backslidden. But I've been raised in church. I knew, I knew a little bit of the Bible. And I knew that it was wrong to marry outside of a Christian, born-again Christian. And though I love Kathy, and my heart was uh, already uh, entwined with her, in the back of my mind I knew that I would never be able to marry her if she didn't get saved. I just knew it. I knew it just wouldn't work. wouldn't be any good. So I began to give her the gospel. And here's, here's a way to witness to somebody. Now, I know my life doesn't reflect anything I'm going to tell you because basically I'm not practicing being a Christian. You know, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, I'm cussing, I'm doing bad stuff. So don't pay attention to me, but what I'm going to give you is true. They wouldn't think it would work. But God came, convicted her. She got convicted, and it's, it surprised me as much as it did. And she got convicted about being a sinner, unable to save herself, needed Jesus Christ. So I took her to church. I said, well, I'll bring you to church. And so I took her to Grace Bible, and... I remember the guy that day, sure enough, he preached a gospel message. Now, he didn't always preach gospel message on Sunday, but I brought her there, and he preached a gospel, brother. And I thought, wow. Gave me an invitation. She grabbed my arm, and we went forward. I was already saved. I didn't feel like I had to go, but nevertheless, she went forward to get saved. My mother, after she got saved, was crying. Mom was happy for her. You know what I mean? Mom was, mom was a spiritual woman. She loved people when they got saved, you know. But she said, you know, son, she may have just got done that for you. She may have just gotten kazunheit. She may have just done that for you, and uh, she may not really be saved. And I said, well, I don't think she did it for me, but I'll keep my eye open. About 30 years into our marriage, they said, you know, we believe she did get, did get saved. <laughs> they were a little bit slow to believe on that. But they, they got it. And, and, and you know, praise God, I, I believe she's saved. 
So what's one way to find out the will of God? The Word of God. It's the number one, bestest, mostest, greatest way to find out what God's will is, this book right here. So signing up for Read Through the Bible is, is a duh. you ought to, you got to do it. You need help. If you're like me, you need help. You need encouragement. You need, no, need to know that other people know. And when you make yourself accountable to other people, it'll help you when you don't want to read, you're going to read. I just got a sweet, sweet note from Lillian Sakura. Um, well thought out, well written letter from Lillian Sakura saying how thankful she was that Bill came to gospel and by the grace of God, we pushed reading your Bible and how Bill grabbed a hold of that and he just inundated himself in reading the Bible to where he would read it like, like a job. He'd read it two, three times a year. And how it took him from Bill the businessman to Bill the evangelist. And it changed him. And she just wanted to thank me in an attitude of gratitude of that we emphasize that here at the gospel, which really thrills my soul. Amen? So you had to ask yourself, in, in all of Bill Sikora's light, 98 and a half years, what counted? What really counted? What he did for Christ? Only one life will soon be passed, even at 98 and a half. Only what's done for Christ will last. The brother Floyd, 90 years old, what mattered in his life is what he did for Christ. And so when it comes down to it, man, get the Word of God, get it in you. It'll change the way you look. It'll change the way you feel, perceive, and you will be able to know for the most part, the lion's share, you'll know the will of God in your life. The least favorite, well, there's five ways I'm going to go through to find the will of God I'm going, I, I showed you my fav, the favorite, the Word of God. I'm going to show you my least favorite. I'm going to jump down. This is the second one, but it's the fifth one. You know what I'm saying? I confused you? It's the second one, but it's the fifth one in the list of priorities of the best to the least. It's the least favorite way of finding out, the least accurate way of finding out the will of God. And it is outward circumstances. How do you know the will of God? In some cases, outward circumstances. Um, I, I read a book one time, and I can't remember right now, O. Talmadge Spence, that's the author, and it's, a, it's called, the book was called Charismatism, and it was a masterfully done book. I heard him preach a couple times. Phenomenal man, gave his life through this, and he, he, he categorized the groups of Christians and uh, out there and non-Christians and, and their perception. Everybody is categorized in life based on their perception of this book. You with me? Well, let, me let me show you. Um, those that ignore God's word passively, in other words, they have no care about it, we call them, and the Bible calls them, the heathen. The heathen. The heathen means they just have no regard at all for the word of God. The second grouping says they deny God's word actively. Those are the infidels. And there's plenty of those. People out there that are intellectuals that actively attack the Bible and say it's not true, it couldn't be true, et cetera, et cetera. There's those who subtract from God's word partially. 
That's the liberal. Think about it. That's the liberal. What's the What's characteristic of a liberal is he takes away from the Bible. The typical liberal out there only believes the Beatitudes maybe could be part of God's Word. The Beatitudes. That's Matthew 5, 6, 7. That's about it. The rest of it is highly suspicious as being added by people, etc., etc., not very reliable. And so... They, the people who add to God's word extantly, I mean, exteriorly, they add to it. He calls them the new Pentecostals. The new Pentecostals. People who begin to add to God's word and, and say things that God actually contradicts, and they say God told them to do it. Yeah? It, it happens all the time. The fifth one is they pervert God's word originally. That's the neo-Orthodox. Those who practice God's word situationally, we call, and he calls accurately, the new evangelical. Now, the evangelical, the new evangelical's doctrinal statement is exactly like our doctrinal statement. You dot the I and cross the A. You put our doctrinal statement down, new evangelical doctrinal statement, will be for the major subjects at least exactly the same. The difference is, they don't practice it. Their application is all messed up. They believe in interpreting the Bible culturally rather than literally. Because I know the Bible's over 2,000, well, actually 3,600, 3,500 years old, and God did not write it to fit a culture. He wrote it to fit people. And as the God of all that is and who's made us, he knows that it supersedes your culture. Well, this is the way we always did it. Tough. Basically, is what the Bible says. Do it my way now. Do it because my way is the right way. Amen. So, the seventh way is they believe God's word completely. Now, who do you think that group is? It's the fundamentalists. The fundamentalists. Now, whether you're a fundamental Muslim or a fundamental Christian, a fundamental Muslim believes the Quran completely. The fundamental Bible believing uh, uh, Christian believes the Bible completely, word for word, line for line, dot of an I and cross of a T, Genesis to Exodus. We believe God Almighty inspired the Bible, preserved the Bible. That's why when it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, we got no problem with that at all. We got no problem with that at all. When it says that there was a worldwide flood, we got no problem with that at all. When it says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. We, we have no problem with that at all. Well, any of the supernatural that's in the Bible, we have no problem with that because we believe it completely, and that makes us a fundamentalist. Let me read with you, and if you go with me, um, let's see, uh, Psalm 119.89. Take your Bibles or open your Bibles, Psalm 119.89. And then I'm going to go to Matthew 4.4. 4. John 14, 23, and then John 17, 7. Now, do you, 17, 17, do you have that? No, you don't. But I'm at least go to, I want you to go to at least to Psalm 119, 89. Psalm 119, 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The whole Psalm 119 has to do with God's word. It's a beautiful psalm. The whole psalm deals with the word of God. In Matthew 4, 4, under the temptation that Jesus came under by the devil himself, 
Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to them, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So knowing the word of God is a primary source of knowing what God's will is. The second and the least favorite in my, in my estimation of watching people try to find the will of God in life is outward circumstances. However, may I say, even though this is the least accurate, the most subjective, it is a favorite. It's the favorite way for people to find the will of God. I think I'm going to stand on my head and go crazy. I mean, I can't believe that people read circumstances like they read tarot cards, tarot cards, whatever those cards are, like they read horoscopes. Well, the wind's blowing a certain way, so I think that means I'm supposed to do this. You say people aren't that way. My, my mother-in-law needs help in a certain place, so I think I'm going to sell out and move. Or my brother-in-law needs help. Or, or my, uh, uh, my, I mean, I, I have heard hundreds of reasons people are making major decisions in their life on the flimsiest evidence. And one of them specifically is this thing about circumstances. The problem with this method is that it can be easily counterfeited into looking like something you would think that God wanted for you, but it's not. It turns out that God does not want that for you. Does God always want you to take a promotion? The Bible is clear that Satan can hinder our circumstances or he can enhance our circumstances. Satan hindered Paul on his journey in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, which says, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. There were circumstances uh, hindered. An evil angel hindered God's answer coming to Daniel. Remember that? Daniel began to pray to know something about what was going on, and God sent his angel, I believe it was Gabriel, and it was... Uh, it was interfered with. This is found in Daniel chapter 10. I'm not going in great detail that, but it says the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. 21 days below Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you I understand everything that went on there in Daniel. I did not know in the invisible kingdom there was that kind of war going on, but there is. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, many of you know it, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're engaged on a regular basis, and our circumstances can be changed. It can be enhanced or hindered either way. Um Satan also blesses or gives power to people. He has the ability to do that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Again, the devil take them up, that's Jesus, and during the temptation, an exceeding high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. 
I always say that's the first special effects mentioned in the Bible. He was able to show him the, all the world and the glory thereof. That's special effects, man. Satan has something to do with Hollywood. Man, that's a good statement right there. And, he, and uh, here's what Satan said to Jesus. All these things I give, will I give thee? Now, you don't give something that's not yours. What that tells me is that he has power over all that's going on around in this world. Who is considered the God of this world? Jesus? No. Satan's the God of this world. Satan's the prince and power of the air. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that when we begin to make a little progress against abortion, that we have a little pushback. Because the forces of darkness, the rulers of this world, do not want abortion eliminated. They're thrilled to death about that. And they push back. This last four years where the Bible has been mentioned more in public office than any time in my whole life, probably any time in the history of America, where Jesus has been mentioned, where prayer has been given publicly, where the Bible has been exalted, that is making the kingdom of darkness real, real testing, real upset, pushback. Some of the old liberal progressive women, they would go out and scream at the moon. Oh! Like a, like a wolf howling. Angry that they're not getting their way. And the forces of darkness are being hindered. That's what it is. He said to Jesus, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Of course, you know, it didn't happen. How did Paul make it through all the resistances he made it through to accomplish the will of God? Now, folks, let me stop here. If anybody knew not to figure out what God's will was by circumstances, it was Paul. When he was tied to the log, his shirt was stripped off his back, and they were flogging him 40 times, 39 say one. Or when they, were, when they were beating him with rods to where the meat of his back just became exposed. Uh, he could say, here's what the typical modern Christian would say. He must have been out of the will of God. Because if he was in the will of God, he wouldn't have got flogged like that. Surely God wouldn't let that happen to you if you were in the will of God. If you were in the will of God, you wouldn't get flogged like that. Boy, they'll be the first ones to put the fickle finger of fate on you. Oh, if you were right with God, he sure would have protected you. Well, tell that to the Apostle Paul a little bit. See how, see how it goes over. I'm not going to take the time to read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 to you of all the stuff that he went through, and, but, but it's simply amazing, simply an amazing list. What would you feel like if things went that wrong for you? I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if your wife in the bedroom would say, honey, I don't know what you're doing, but you've got to quit it because we're getting beat up. 
I mean, maybe not as bad as Job's wife, curse God and die. But people are so prone to reading circumstances for the will of God. May I beg you tonight, in Jesus' name, may that be the least influential way of figuring out what God's will is. Too many earnest, well-meaning Christians have taken job promotions and gotten out of the will of God. Do you ever heard the statement in business, you get promoted to your highest level of incompetency? Have you ever heard? I may have heard that statement. Promoted to the highest level of incompetency. It's a rule of business. In other words, if you are the janitor at Gospel Baptist and you do a fabulous job, we want to promote you to being the caretaker of Gospel Baptist. Now, you may be, your, your highest expression of your gift may be the janitor of Gospel Baptist Church. That's your highest expression of your gift. And as soon as we promote you to, to groundskeeper, which you don't have hardly any talent in, and you burn all of our plants, cut everything down, the place looks like a nuclear bomb went off, and we fire you. What happened? They got promoted to the highest level of incompetency. In other words, you got promoted out of what you were good at because you were good at it. They thought, well, you must be good at the next thing, but you're not necessarily good at the next thing. You may be in your highest and best call. You may be in your moment of glory and doing well. I would be real slow. You say, Brother Bill, what do you mean? Years ago, 1992, when I first became senior pastor of the church, and before that, as, as, as a assistant pastor, I had people come to me and say, would you be willing to candidate for our church up north? It's a much larger church, 2,000 people, some of them were. Would you come up and candidate? I said, absolutely not. Now, back that time, we had 70, 80 people, tops, you know, maybe 100 people tops who were humble, just over in McKinney Hall, uh, didn't even at one time, what is, that was even before the two-story building in 88 that was built. And so we were just kind of beginning at the church here. I was an assistant pastor, unpaid, no money. Working under Pastor Harry McKinney, which was getting barely paid, a couple hundred bucks a week. And uh, I believed and I knew that I was in the will of God. And yet the devil came by over and over and over again trying to pull me off of what God's will was for my life. How? Well, what's the easiest way to pull anybody off? You got a bigger, better, badder, woohoo opportunity. Promotions are not always of God. <clears throat> They'd come by and say, will you pray about it? I said, I will. Lord, do you want me to go? No? Okay. I said, look, if God wants me to go up to your church, He's going to come by my house, and he's going to make it where I have to come up to your church. I don't have any choice, but i got to come up to your church. Because if he's not that strong, I am not leaving where I know he wants me to be. Because I knew God wanted me to be here. Now, at that time, I didn't even know if I was ever, ever going to be. I was working floor covering. I eventually worked some real estate to make a living. And I was happy to do that as long as God wanted me to do that. But I was determined not to get pulled off of the will of God and the call of God. Boy, I have seen people get hurt because of that. Um, 
I had a guy come to me, and I just, I just don't want to get into it because you'll know who this person is. But I've had people crash and burn because they read circumstances. Preacher, taxes is going up in our area. I think I should sell and move to the middle part of the state. Stop. The only reason taxes is going up is because this is a fabulous place to live. You want to move into the slums in the middle of the state where taxes is low. And the reason taxes is low in there is because it's a crummy place to live. Now, if you're from the middle of the state, God, hey. First of all, you shouldn't be here tonight. You should be in there. But you know, you know what I'm saying by that. Sunshine's not cheap. Quit complaining and be happy. Man, you're going to die with money anyway. You might as well, you might as well. And so be real slow, slow circumstances. So how important is it to know the will of God? Real important. Just because something looks good does not mean they are good. No, no, no. Preacher, how do you know that? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Eve says, I'm going shopping. You going shopping? Yeah, I'm going to go look around the garden, see what's available. See if there's a Black Friday sale or maybe something's put down below, marked down. And so she goes around shopping, and she comes, of course, to the tree uh, that she shouldn't go to, the store she couldn't, shouldn't go to. And, she, and here's what it says, And the woman saw the tree was good for food. Circumstances. It looked good. Have you ever heard this? It can't be wrong because it feels so right. That appeals to young, naive girls. It can't be wrong. He's got to be the one because I just, it just feels so right. Oh, brother. I'm not mean. I'm not trying to be mean. Trying to spare you. I would spare you. I would spare you. The woman saw the tree was good for food, and then it was pleasant to the eyes. All external. And the tree was to be desired to make one wise. That's got to be the topper. So those are three good things eating this fruit's going to do for her. Three good things. Man, you get three good things, put a poem to it, you got a sermon. And so she goes to it, she took the fruit thereof, did eat, gave to her husband, he ate. And so too many earnest and well-meaning Christians have taken job promotions just to get out of the will of God. Just remember that. Just, just taking something that was, was, had three good reasons why it was going to help them, but it wasn't God's will. Listen, you owe God, as a child of God, you owe God to go to him and to more earnestly seek his will than just casually, flippantly uh, deciding this is his will or that will. I would be real careful about that. Uh, changing jobs, changing locations, changing anything of major consistency. Um, I pray about everything I do. Every decision I make, I, got, I go to God about. I say, God, I want, I want you to give me wisdom on this. I want you to give me wisdom. Show me, show me. I look at the word of God. I look at the circumstances, 
and then I'm going to show you the other three here as we go down the road. God often puts us in difficult situations, uncomfortable situations, and if I may say poor situations. And we have an internal mechanism that always wants to improve ourselves, which works against us, that can fight God by accepting the better over the less and miss out on God's best. Did you get that? You accept the better you think's better over what you have, which you think is less, and you miss out on God's best. Amen? Listen. I was willing to stay an assistant pastor for the rest of my life. I was perfectly happy with, happy with that, would, would have loved to have done that, knowing that that would be the will of God. Pastor McKinney came to me and said, I want you to consider being senior pastor. I said, let's, you pray and I pray for six months, and let's pray about this. And he says, well, I want you to preach uh, every week. And then, you know, so I did and went to the deacons and went through this and took time carefully to sift through is this God's will really? Because I knew myself. And I knew that I could, I could hurt you if God wasn't in it. Um, let me give you an example. My last example. A Christian man falls in love with a beautiful woman. It can happen. She walks on water. Her eyes are like het ship soots. Hap, ship, soot, eyes of Egypt. Hap, ship, soot, eyes of Egypt. Hap, ship, soot. All right, you got that. She's talented. She's charming. She's submissive. She's pleasing. She's sweet. She loves horses. She loves horses. But she's not right with God. Or maybe not even a Christian. What do you do? You say to yourself, Trent says to himself, you know, I'm never going to find a girl the way I look. I'm never going to find a girl that looks this good that has this talent and the gifts this girl has. His heart is completely enthralled, enthralled with her. She dreams of her, <clears throat> lights up with the very sound of her voice, and just can't believe that she loves him. But if the girl doesn't get right with God or get saved, she's the devil's woman for him. Circumstances can be terribly betraying. How many women have married unsaved husbands and come into my office, ask, why do they even come in and ask me my opinion? Because they want me to rubber stamp their decision with the Bible. That way they can say, hey, Preacher Bill went for it. And <clears throat> they'll come in and say, you think I should marry the guy? I say, absolutely not. Don't do it. 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 They do it. Nine out of ten times. 
They come in and say, oh, 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 I hate my life. I want to divorce him. I can't say, I said, stay married, stay married, stay married. They said, wait a minute. You told me not to marry him. I said, I did. But as soon as you married him, now the Bible tells you the two become one flesh. You got to stay married till death do you part. No getting out. <laughs> and nine out of ten times, they divorce him. And don't do what I say there. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful of circumstances. Let me say this. Do not let your heart take you down the primrose path out of the will of God. Do not, under any circumstances, ever marry a non-Christian. There's no wiggle room in the Bible for that. You just don't do it. You have a decision to make. Obey your heart or the Word of God. Obey the circumstances or the Word of God. Which one will it be? Which one will it be for you as you seek the will of God? Father, help us tonight to be able to discern your will. Be careful. Our life is not our own. You've said that. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. For glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are His. So, we're, we're required to glorify God with our bodies and our spirits, which means we must be in your will to do that. Which must mean we must find your will and make sure we're in your will. God, help us to seek the Word of God out, to seek carefully what it says. To be very, very suspicious of circumstances of things that look so good, they're so good, too good to be true, and it's probably right, they're not true. Help us to be awake, alert, for the wiles of the evil one as he seeks to try to trip us up and get us to where God becomes our adversary, to where he has to chastise us and scourge us, as the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 12. God help us, in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.